Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Speaking with Influence, where you'll hear professional speakers discussing their signature talks and how they educate, motivate, and inspire their audiences around the world. Speaking with Influence is brought to you by the Speaker Guild USA, where we have the perfect speaker for your next event. Visit us at speakerskilledusa.com. Well, good morning. I'm Deborah Simpson coming to you from San Diego, California. If any of our listeners are on Twitter, and especially if you're a professional speaker, I'd appreciate you hitting the tweet this button and let your followers know about the show. If you have a question, you can feel free to call in. The number is 516-595-8125. And if you like the show, you can always follow the show by tapping the Follow Us button on the show page. And of course, you can keep up with us via iTunes. Today, my guest is Lisa Reed with Productive Learning. As a speaker and facilitator for Productive Learning, a personal development company in California, Lisa Reed has booked and delivered over 350 speaking engagements in the last five years. While earning her master's degree in speech communication, she was a speech instructor at Cal State University in Fullerton at just 22 years old. In 2013, she created the Orange County Speakers Network. It's a highly successful organization that encourages collaboration among speakers, and she's also a wife a mom, and a published author. As the founder of Get Speaking Gigs Now, Lisa's goal is to help speakers share their message with certainty so that they can educate and inspire their audiences and ultimately increase their income through speaking. Today, Lisa's going to be sharing some of her speaker secrets to success, and I'm so excited to find out what those are. Lisa, welcome to the show. It's nice to have you as a guest today. Thank you, Deborah, for having me. Excited to be here. My pleasure. Yes. So how exactly did you get started in speaking? We, we all have different stories about why we decided we were going to either incorporate speaking into our business as a form of marketing or to actually become a professional speaker and go out on the circuit. You know, I think my speaking started at a very young age. Uh, I remember giving a talk in front of my junior high school about seatbelt safety. Somehow I got roped into doing that. So <laughs> that was my big moment, um, my claim to fame. You probably remember me from that, but I'm just kidding. Uh, but I did end up going, uh, when I was in college, my first day of college at Cal State Fullerton, I sat in a speech class. And it wasn't the public speaking class. It was the interpersonal communication class. And I, a huge light bulb went off, like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know I could major in this. Are you kidding me? This is awesome. It was, like, the best news ever. And I think it was, like, my first day of college, literally. And I called my mom. I'm going to change my major. And uh, I didn't change it right away, but I did ultimately end up changing it uh, the second semester. And then got my master's in speech communication. And it seemed like no matter what job I had or career path I had, I always really loved training. And like I'd say, well, I'll come up with this, I'll come up with a manual, and I'd write up a manual about like the software that we needed. And I would go to the different, uh, you know, locations and train all the other people, even though it wasn't my job. I just I loved it. So there's always been this trainer, teacher, facilitator part of me that that needed to come out no matter where I was 
And then uh, about five years ago, I started, well, actually, it started before that, back in 2012, no, 2010, I started taking workshops with Productive Learning as a client, absolutely fell in love with the work, uh, like deep transformational work where I was getting challenged in my own thinking and like, how can I really shift my life? How can I change my thinking? I, I read about it, but I didn't know how to do it. And those workshops really helped me hone in those skills, start making major shifts in my life. And it came to a point in 2012-13 where they said, we're looking for somebody. And as it turned out, I wasn't looking for a job, but I was looking for a change. And it was uh, just a perfect match. And so I started working for them. And I, the cool thing is I get to go out and present about mindset and how the mind works and help other people learn the power of their own thinking. And I get to do that through speaking. So, and now here we are five years later. <laughs> and is that one of the reasons, I mean, I know we call it OC Speakers Network, but the Orange County mm-hmm. group, and, and I actually, for the listeners, I drive from North San Diego County up to Dana Point, which for me is it's just about a 35-minute drive or something because it, you really have a phenomenal group of speakers that you bring together once a month. And personally for me, I am so grateful that I found out about the group because I just think you do a great, a great service to speakers. So tell me a little bit about the background of OC Speakers why you decided to create this meetup that's turned into this really great community of speakers? Um, good question. Well, I, I strongly believe in, in the power of networking and collaboration. I highly value collaboration over com- competition. And I realized uh, quite soon that as I was, even though I had you know, my bachelor's and my master's degree in speech, and although that was a really long time ago, I was new to what speaking meant. Like, how do you do this? Like, how does this work exactly? (laughs) So I thought, well, you know what? I think I'm going to hang around other speakers and learn from them and find out. And then I know in my heart I'm a generous, you know, referrer, if you will, and and very giving in in what I can offer. So I thought, well, if I hung out with other people who had that like-mindedness, I bet we could exponentially really uh, grow our speaking businesses and learn from each other because not every there's not you know there's more than one way to skin a cat. So uh, it started off pretty small, but about you know five ten people, and then you know now we consistently have about twenty five people come. But and I think you'd agree, Deborah, when people introduce themselves, your job out drops. I mean, you're one of them. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> who is this woman? She's doing some amazing things. This is incredible. And we're all in the same room. It's pretty powerful. So that's, that was my initial thought to start it. And I always tell speakers, this is one of my secrets that I'm going to share with the listeners today, is if you want more speaking engagements, you need to hang out with other speakers, become friends with them, network with them, earn their trust. And you can exponentially grow your your speaking bookings pretty easily by doing that. Yes, because they're invited. We're, we are all 
looking for speaking opportunities, but those opportunities don't want the same speaker over and over again. So exactly. it seems natural, yeah, that that speakers could say, oh, you know what, I spoke to them last year. They're going to start looking for speakers about this time of the year. So here's the person I talked to. It definitely makes it easier for speakers. And how, you know, so I'm a bit older than you are. I'm sure you've realized tiny, that. Teeny, <laughs> and, tiny bit. Yeah, my, my generation <laughs> is more, you know, this is mine. I thought of it. I'm going to grab it and keep it. Yet the mm-hmm. current generation, what I see is a much more collaborative process. And I wonder mm-hmm. how you see that within the speaking industry. Are there, are there a lot of speakers that are as generous with sharing with other speakers? Or do you think that's a trend that's coming about maybe as my generation starts to pass away? <laughs> No, I don't know if it's a generational thing. I think it's it's kind of a personality thing, to be honest. I that's why I actually emphasize that in that, like each month, and I I say that when I talk to speakers, I I feel like I should just have that engraved somewhere, you know, maybe tattooed on my body, but I'm not going to do that. Um, but <laughs> it's it's so much more powerful when you can give than when we come to an event like what can I take. And, you know, that, you know, I've had nine years of B&I experience as well, Business Network International, where they, they train you in that giver's gain mentality. So I come from it, honestly, of like, wow, you know, you can get a lot more when you come with a giving heart. But I also have the facts to back it up, like the results to back it up. And, like, when you take the time to develop a relationship with, um, I guess what I, what I want to say is not just quantity, it's quality. Like if you have two or three strong, deep relationships with other speakers that you you and them can consistently refer back and forth, that's your business right there. You don't need to know hundreds of people. But are you willing to give those two or three relationships a commitment? And And the payoff will definitely be there. Yes, I I personally love the whole collaborative environment, and that's what I've been doing, looking to bring in outside speakers for my meetup group because I, I have a meetup group as well. It's just that we do mm-hmm. things virtually more so than in person. But I, I really do like that collaborative versus competitive process, and it, it definitely your philosophy of being collaborative shows up in the meetings that you have. So in the introduction, uh, I mentioned your speaker secrets to success. Can you share more about that? Yeah, and, and that was definitely one of them. Was <laughs> That's the big, the big, big one that people don't realize is, is networking with other speakers uh, is a huge, huge opportunity. Like you said, uh, if, you're, if you're speaking at a group that meets once a month, they are not going to have you back probably more than once a year, you know, unless you just have some amazing six-part series that they're dying to get their hands on. You're probably going to come back once a year maybe. And so if you can bring in someone uh, to that agency or that association, that group um, that you know, and you know they're going to knock it out of the park, then guess what? The host of that meeting is going to remember you. They're going to remember you as a resource. You're going to be able to keep that relationship open 
and you've helped them. So it's already starting to work. So I just want to kind of emphasize that. It's not just about referring other speakers, but the more that you can be engaged with a host and develop that relationship, that also helps. Because then, you know, someone I've had, definitely had people call me because a speaker canceled at the last minute. Things happen, you know, car accidents or, you know, sickness or just schedule changes. So you want to be top Mm -hmm. of mind to those people as well. So that's definitely one. I I just wanted to kind of emphasize that even more. And you don't have to create a network um, like I did. You can just look through your virtual Rolodex. Like, (laughs) I don't have that one anymore, like a paper one. But um, your contacts and see see who's out there and start. I call it network dating. Like, you're kind of dating that person. Do you think it's going to work out? Can you create this relationship with them? Another thing that I think is really important for speakers to understand is what the bookers and hosts really want. And we come across sometimes as just like, well, I need more speaking engagements and I need this and I want to do this and I, I, I. But a great, a speaker needs to match with the audience. And it is kind of like dating. Like it's not always a perfect fit. And you as a speaker don't really want to be in front of an audience that's not your perfect audience either, right? It's like not, it's not going to work for anyone. It's going to be like one of those bad dates. We all have that memory of that horrible date that went wrong. You don't want to waste your whole evening or your whole morning or whatever on this bad date. So it's really about asking the booker, um, the host, what is it that they, you know, asking the right questions what, so that you're in alignment with them and that you know that you're going to be a really good fit because they want to look good. Um, they want their audience to be happy. They want, um, you know, they want it to be a good experience. And so when mm-hmm. we can really come as a speaker trying to get booked, when you can come from that angle I think it's going to be a better experience for everybody. And that way you're not wasting your time, you're not wasting their time, et cetera. So that would be another another um, secret that I think is really important that people don't really realize that uh, yes, when, I they're, think when they're trying to get think, booked. Yeah, you have to be somewhat niched. It's, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I can speak on anything. No, we can't. You know, no. we have different uh, interests or insights or experiences that have led us to choose the topics that we choose to speak for. So what do you think are some of the essentials that a speaker just entering the market needs in order to get some nice speaking gigs? I I agree with what you just said, and I hear that a lot. Sometimes speakers will say, oh, I can speak on anything. I've been speaking for years. And I'm like, okay, so what's one topic that you speak on? Oh, just whatever. What do you need? I'm like, oh, my gosh, that to me is the worst response, um, personally. (laughs) Uh, Because, again, we're making it really difficult on the booker. So 100%, the first thing that you need, and this is why I teach this intro class um, right after the OC Speakers Network, it's extremely affordable because I, I just want to, like, make sure 100% people get this and that they do this is just get your presentation ready. And so I do this, like, $39 class, and it's an hour and a half, and I give them the outline. And it's not so much that it's rocket science, but 
you've probably been in that situation where and our listeners have been there where you're so close to it, you can't see it. And then you also are wondering, mm-hmm. is this right? Is this good? So we kind of question ourselves. And then that, that questioning and confusion can literally stop us in our tracks. And then we're just going to all do it later. So what we do in the class is like, we go, okay, let's come up with our title. Let's come up with our description. Let's come up with our learning points. Like just the basics. We're not writing the whole thing, but you need to have an attractive title, a description, and at least three learning points to a talk. And that's got to get you started. If you don't have that, you should not be, there's, what are you going to be speaking? You, know, you have to have something that you're actually going right. to speak about. <laughs> yeah, and you have I to find some valuable information too. Yeah, and, and it's got to be, you know, enlightenment and important and your, it's your expertise, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I, I just, I, hopefully a lot of speakers out there are listening already have that. But we can come, run into the same problem if we have like a new talk that we're developing or maybe a new branch of our business or a new product that we're trying to um, bring to the marketplace. So, so we can get even the advanced speakers, myself, like when I'm developing something new, I need another set of eyes to help me through it. It's not, I'll do certain part by myself, but then I'm like, okay, now I need some outside support. Okay. Did um, I lose you? No, I'm here. Sorry, oh, oh, I, I was uh, that was kind of finishing that statement, and then because um, I, I the question that you asked me was what other ask me another question. Oh. <laughs> <I can't remember>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, when do you work with a lot of beginning speakers or speakers who are just coming out of let's say Toastmasters? Because Toastmasters is kind of an interesting example of whether whether you're really prepared when you come out of Toastmasters to hit the speaking circuit or whether you were in Toastmasters to just help you overcome your fear of speaking in public. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of speakers come out of the program uh, thinking, wow, you know, I'm, I've got everything together, but they don't even have a speaker one sheet, you know, so they're oh, looking yeah. at local. Yeah, so how do you make that transition from, coming out of an organization where it gave you a foundation for speaking, but not really a lot of real-life experience, your experiences within the atmosphere of your club, so you're being evaluated by your other club members, et cetera. So when you're working with Toastmasters that comes out of a situation like that, um, what are some of the things that they need to think about that they probably didn't know about when they were in Toastmasters and what it takes to become a professional speaker. I think you hit the nail on the head there in terms of the speaker sheet and, and just, you know, again, with the, um, with the having your presentation ready to go. It's a little different than a speech. Um, where I specialize in is the model of educate to sell, which is mm-hmm. you are providing massive value to your audience hopefully an experience of uh, or an emotional experience, something where they're really going to learn or they're going to remember, they're going to be like, wow, that was amazing, thank you so much. And that you're also then able to offer some in a, in a non-salesy, non-pushy way, but like you're able to give an invitation to have them proceed with you further in another, in another mm-hmm. outside of this particular experience, whether that's, um, your coaching packages or some kind of product that you have or even an opportunity for them to get one-on-one time with you on the phone 
set up a strategy session, something along those lines. And you, and that is different than giving a speech, giving a Toastmaster speech. This is a little bit, it's a slight different, but all the skills that you learn in Toastmasters, of course, that's going to help you, you know, because now you're comfortable being mm-hmm. in front of an audience, you're comfortable using a microphone, or you're comfortable, you know, being professional, and you've cleaned up whatever it is you need to clean up, and your nerves are settled much more easily. But yeah, when you mm-hmm. when you move into the professional speaking platform, you must have a speaker sheet. I honestly didn't know what that was. No one told me what that was. I had never heard of one for probably about a year before I was speaking. I probably gave 60 speaking engagements without even knowing what a speaker sheet was. But, Mm -hmm. so it is possible to do. (laughs) But once I realized what one was, I was like, oh my gosh, I really need this. Because it saves you a whole lot of time of sending a bunch of different information in different ways. It just consolidates everything for you. And for those of you who may not know what that is, it's, it's usually one page. It could be two um, where it's, you know, a graphically designed marketing page basically for you as a speaker. It highlights your photo, your topic, your testimonials, um, your call to action, a little bit about you and different images that may support that for you. So it's like your marketing piece for your, your as a speaker. So that I would say is 100%. Um, that's, so I, that's actually the second thing I tell people, like you need to get your presentation ready, and then you need to get a speaker sheet. And the presentation has to come first because if you don't have your presentation text ready, then what would you put on the speaker sheet? (laughs) Right. (laughs) To put on the speaker sheet. And that's what people are going to ask you for initially. And then um, I have them move into practicing. So I would not refer someone as a speaker if they haven't practiced their talk out loud at least 10 times. And I just like Mm -hmm. at least to your cat or to the closet or to your kids, I don't, to nobody, to the air but at least practice it a minimum of 10 times so that you yourself have built up your confidence. You've gotten the glitches out. You, you, know, you know what you're going to say. You know what you're going to do. And then you're ready to go. Yeah, you know, the advances of digital technology is amazing. So when I, for, I first joined Toastmasters in 1994, and and I remember that vividly because it was the week that OJ did the run on the freeway. Oh, my <laughs> and, gosh. Uh, wow. And it was, came up in table topics. But um, I, uh, damn, now I don't know exactly where I was going with that. Um, digital technology, you said. Oh, oh, yeah, so the digital. So uh, we have contests in Toastmasters, and I was going for the humorous speaking contest. And this was before all the digital stuff. I literally took my little boom box and I put a eight track cassette tape into it mm-hmm. and I read my speech. I recorded my speech, just the speech after the speech after the speech after the speech on both sides of that cassette tape and I put it in my Walkman and I would listen yep. to it. And that was how I, I was able to rehearse and prepare for my speeches for the contest. And I think now the digital age, you know, all you have to do is have one MP3 and you can just loop it. 
<laughs> but um, mm-hmm. when you spoke a moment ago, you mentioned the phrase educate to sell. I curate mm-hmm. conferences for the speakers that belong to my speaking community. And when I'm curating these conferences, the majority of the time I find these conferences are making a statement, we don't pay the speakers, the visibility you get should be enough. Can you address mm-hmm. what the current trend is in the speaking industry with paying a speaker? Because I know a lot of speakers come into the industry thinking, oh my gosh, this is my chance now for $5,000 for a keynote or $10,000, I'm going to make really big money. Can you address what is going on right now in the speaking community with paying a professional speaker um, X number of dollars to speak versus what you said, educate to sell? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it is a very common question. And I think, that, you know, one of my mentors is Debbie Allen, who I think you've met as well. Uh, she's mm-hmm. been a longtime NSA member and a certified speaking professional. And uh, she uses both. I mean, she's a paid speaker and she educates to sell and has her own her own events and and uses the platform to, to generate clients. Um, and she came from that model, you know, in the in the eighties and probably in the nineties as well. Don't quote me, you know, I'm I might be getting the dates wrong a little bit, but where she would be a paid speaker. That was how she made her living. And when that mm-hmm. all dried up and due to economy, she had to pivot and really make a change. And when she moved to the educate to sell model, she actually was able to make a lot more than when she was a paid speaker with being able to kind of call her own shots and decide if she wanted to take gigs instead of like, oh, I have to take that because I need the money um, because she was changed. So I think it's a way, I, and, I, and I, this is from Debbie, where you, you can think of your speaking business or your business in general, let's say, as a pie, like a circle. And, like, how much of that piece of pie is going to be from paid speaking engagements or from when you were on the stage but you were able to sell, maybe you didn't get paid to be there as a speaker, but you were able to generate sales from that event to, you mm-hmm. know, maybe your Facebook Lives or your, your live coaching clients that you have or your book sales, whatever. You know, we all have a different, different uh, formula for our pie, if you will. And I think when we as speakers think the whole pie is going to come from paid speaking engagements, they are missing a huge opportunity. And I especially when it's someone who's brand new who's like, well, I'm, gonna, I'm amazing, so I'm going to make $5,000 a talk. I'm like, well, uh, there's a lot of people who have a lot more experience who have been doing this who are, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you need to level yourself up a little bit. Um, the other thing is, you know, the more money you're asking for, then the opportunities are a little less, the competition is a little higher, and the uh, lead time is a little longer. So that's what I mean in terms of, like, if you need, you know, most people like to have a somewhat consistent income and somewhat of a, like, regular, here's what I'm going to have each month type of a, type of a lifestyle. Um so I think of the paid speaking engagements as kind of like the frosting or like the, the bonus, if you will. Like, you know, though I've booked it nine months out or a year out, so cool, that's going to be there. But it's not going to be your right-of-way money. You know, right. if, if you build up the funnel, it can be. But 
they're they're just a, it's a longer sales cycle. It's you're not typically going to get like a one call close scenario because um, you're you know involving uh, travel and budgets and decision makers and contracts and things like that. So that's all. It's just a little bit of a different game. But I, I 100% believe you can make um, money a lot quicker by having uh, speaking engagements in your own backyard. Don't sweat the paid speaker fee or not. Um, you always have a speaker fee. You just wave it. That's another secret, Deborah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I don't so, speak for free. <laughs> I wait. Do my you fee. think that? Yeah. Is there a sweet spot in the dollar amount that you can ask for for a speaking gig where uh, maybe your wait wait time is not as long as when you're asking for say ten or twenty thousand dollars? Is there a sweet spot there as, as far as the amount of money you ask for that's a little bit easier to negotiate? I think that's going to be a different answer for different people because it's going to depend mm. on who is your audience and what type of budget do those groups have. Like if you're speaking, mm -hmm. if your perfect audience is moms or um, women in business who are local, and so you meet your clients out at you know, local networking groups, they probably don't have a budget to pay a speaker more than a hundred, couple hundred dollars, or even if that. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean that they are not quality uh, members who could feasibly become your clients, where you could generate, you know, five, ten thousand dollars in clients from that group. So, uh, but if you're, you know, have a specialized uh, particular uh, topic, or you're more corporate. Uh, driven like you, you, what you do is uh, one of my clients is a magician and has done hundreds of magic shows all over the country and he's one of the top in his field. So big corporations, they want to pay for a magician who is also a great speaker. Why not? That would be a perfect fit. <laughs> and mm -hmm. they, you know, have a little bit more money. So it depends on the speaker, the type of clients they're looking for, um, the industry that they can work in or you know, can speak in, and it also the other the other qualifier is what do you feel comfortable with asking? And sometimes that takes a little bit of stair stepping because if we're it, and it comes down to our mindset, which is what I work with with productive learning clients. It's like okay, what's keeping you from asking for more or what beliefs do you have about how much you can make or how much you can't make or what, what are you worth or what are you not worth? Like we need to address those as well. So I'm not going to pretend that that doesn't exist in the world. Like, oh, I could never ask for that much money or, oh, they would never pay me that much. Like, oh, okay, why not? Like the person next to you can ask for that much easily and you're better than they are in terms of your skills and speaking. So what's keeping, that's a mindset issue. So we kind of have a few different, I'm not giving an exact number for you, but that's because there's a lot of different factors involved. Yes. And I had a request for a speaker on uh, women's issues in a women's arena, and the uh, organization was doing a massive fundraiser for their charity of, of choice. 
and my speaker, I knew her keynote is at $5,000, and I mentioned that, and they said, gee, you know, I don't really know. And so what they did with my speaker is they said, you know, we really want to give all the money that we raised to our charity, so could we offer you a contribution receipt that you could use for taxes and be able to write off your $5,000 speaking fee as a charitable donation to us? And that's what they did. So she yeah. didn't get the money stay in cash, but she got the write-off for her tax return. So there are some really creative ways, too, that you can negotiate that. And I think it's better, too, when speakers have a book or a coaching program that they can upsell into because um, those are all – when we go and we see a, a speaker and we're incredibly impressed, we want to know – how can we continue that relationship with that speaker? How can yeah. I have, um, you know, the same type of confidence you do? Oh, you have a coaching program. So it's, I think it's really important, and I go back to your phrase, educate to sell. I think it's really important that all speakers be prepared to have an alternative if the venue says to them, well, we don't really pay speakers. Right. Then you, you, again, we're dealing with humans. So it's like, okay, so as yeah. a human to human, how can we make this a win-win? Oh, um, I understand you don't have a budget. Okay. What, what else? What, and you can even open that up to that person. I'd love to make this a win-win. What else could, what do you think we could do? And they might come up with something mm-hmm. that you hadn't even thought of. They're like, well, we could, you know, buy your books for everybody. Oh, okay. Or, well, we, we want to put you on all our social media and we want to promote you. Oh, okay. So you don't know until you ask and just open up the conversation. Again, we're just dealing with humans. We're dealing with people that we want to know, like, and trust us and, and vice versa. So just got to ask. <laughs> what else is possible? <laughs> yes. And, you know, I've, I've, gotten, I've loved our conversation. I've gotten so caught up in the conversation I would love to have you share how the listeners can get in touch with you if they'd like to find out more about you and more about your um, speaking. Yeah. Uh, speaker so, secret. Um, I have a couple of different ways they can do that. If you're in Southern California, you're welcome to come to the OC Speakers Network, and it's at ocspeakersnetwork.com to get all the information. And that's also at my office at Productive Learning, which is if you are if you are really resonating on the mindset part where you're like, oh, hmm, I do have a couple of beliefs that aren't serving me right, serving me right now in terms of my speaking and me getting to that next level, then check out ProductiveLearning.com because uh, we specialize in that. We've been doing that for t- over 20 years, 26 years now. Um, and it's very powerful, and I, I lead one of the workshops that we have there to help you uncover those thoughts. And also at Get Speaking Gigs Now is where I have my speakers go to to get um, – you can download a free webinar with me, three simple and affordable strategies you need to be a speaker, um, and that's a training that you can get for free. And you're also welcome to uh, click and get a free consultation with me as well. A lot of times people are like, but how can I get more? Want to talk to somebody? I'm, I'm happy mm-hmm. to uh, take that phone call and 
if if there's some way that I can help, I, I'm absolutely willing to do that. That's wonderful. And so let me ask you this. What should I have asked you that I didn't ask you? <laughs> what should you have asked me? Oh, my God. I don't know. You know, there's um, always... There's always something that says the speaker will always walk away saying, "Oh, I wish I would have said that." So I just decided yeah. that that was a great a great question to that kind of wrap question. things all up. Did we cover all the um, secrets of success for speakers? We did. Yeah. Well, there's all there's tons more, but you know, of course, yeah. uh, I'll have to just come back and share those. But um, I guess how do I help speakers would be one. Um, it starts with. With and I have you know I shared a couple of different ways that I that I help people locally, but I do help people over the phone mm-hmm. as well. If there's some people who like, I have clients all over the country. Um, so if it's something that they need to do over the phone or through Zoom, we can do that too. So I try to figure out a way to work with everyone. I do have a group program that I help. I I love the collaboration of people together. Some people just like ask me, I just want to figure out what I need and can you help me with that? And then we, we customize a program for them. But uh, other mm-hmm. than that, I have a group, a group program that meets um, once a month on the phone and then they have access to me throughout uh, via email and text. And that way that helps, I think, because it's, it's not that we need help all the time, but when we get a, an email or a call and we don't know how to respond, like, oh my gosh, they just asked me, would I speak to them? What do I say? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've, I've got this challenge. What do I do? <laughs> like, text me. <laughs> we'll craft a message and then, you know, make sure you can knock it out of the park. So it's nice to have someone in your back pocket that way. Yeah, so you're sort of like the 911 call for speakers? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I feel that. <laughs> of course you can. I'm collaborative. Cool. I give things away. Oh, Lisa, course. it has been just so delightful to talk to you on the phone today and to get to know you better. And uh, just for the listeners, I absolutely, I, I tell everybody in the North County area in San Diego, it's just 30 minutes away. Your OC Speakers Group is a phenomenal group so supportive and any of the listeners who are in our north san diego county area or southern orange you know it's it behooves you to check it out it was ocspeakers.com network ocspeakersnetwork.com and you can yeah you can find us on meetup as well yes yes so uh Get in touch with Lisa, you know, talk to her more about speaking if you're interested. She's a really great resource. It's been wonderful to have you on the show today. I really appreciate you being a guest. Thank you. Excellent. And that is the show for today. Um, If you have a speaker that you know uh, and they would like to share their passionate message with the listeners here at Speaking with Influence, you can have them reach out to me very easily. My number is 760-685-1960, or you can send me an email, Deborah, D-E-B-R-A, at speakersguildusa.com. And thanks for joining us this week. You can find us each Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And until next week, I hope you have a safe and prosperous week. Speaking with Influence is brought to you by Speakers Guild USA. 
where we have the perfect speaker for your next event. Visit us at speakerskilledusa.com.